This episode of Brews and Cyber News is sponsored by Telplus Communications of Woodstock, Georgia. Telplus Hospitality offers the hospitality industry a cost-effective replacement for traditional hotel PBS systems. They also offer lifetime warranty with free software upgrades. Contact Myron Newman at 678-486-4842. Again, that is 678-486-4842. Welcome, listeners, to this episode of Bruise and Cyber News. I am your co-host, Ron Swetland, alongside with Anna Teal, Sean Stewart, and Julian Cherokino. Bruise and Cyber News, where we solve the world's security problems one brew at a time. So fall off the wagon with us. On this episode, it's very special. This is our scary Halloween special. So, it's been a couple minutes. How's everybody doing? Good. Mm, we're here. Anything uh, newsworthy before we really jump into it or, you know, there's hacks all over the place, security breaches. And well, uh, if you have a, a MGM login, I would say delete it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe even Caesars as well. Pretty much everything at this point. <laughs> so this is a scary episode. Um Miss Anna, what uh, what what did you uh, you? I know we've been doing a little bit of research on stuff. So what what is some of the stuff that you saw there? What are some of the scary things? So Forbes re- just released um, spooky cyber statistics and trends you need to know. And I thought it would be fun for us to read off some of those and elaborate on them and give our opinions on them. Does that sound good? Sounds like a plan to me. Rude one, Raggy. <laughs> 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 This is great. Okay. Um, The first one is over 87% of businesses across the world see cyber as the number one threat to their financial health and view it as more of a threat than an economic downturn and skill shortage. So I would say that would be true. Um, Over half of businesses suffered at least one cyber attack over the last 12 months. Does that sound about right for your experience? Yes, it does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Most expensive one right now is like seven point two billion dollars. Oh, did, yep. they, did they pay that? Nope. Well, <laughs> it says they don't know. <laughs> do they have to make that public? Yes. Now they do. Oh, that's that's, that's good to You're know. Supposed to report it. It's supposed to be public. Mm, dang. Okay. Um, the impact of cyber risk cannot be underestimated with one in five firms attacked saying it was enough to threaten the viability of the business. I'm surprised that number's not higher. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I think that's skewed a bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why is that? No, I'm fine. We're fine. Yeah, everything's, everything's fine. fine. <laughs> 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 yes. It's exactly. The place is on fire around him. He's like, everything's fine. I feel like businesses do live in as their like own little bubble until mm-hmm. something directly affects their pocketbook. Yeah, and yeah. then it's like, Oh crap. Yeah. Like we've got to do something, you know, but mm-hmm. even then to the public facing, it's like, 
No, it was a minor incident that only affected uh, non-production, blah, blah. Yeah, right. You guys right. almost went out of business. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. Right. A cyber attack, like a $7 million something, I mean, that could be enough to put you out of business. $7 billion. Billion. Oh, you said billion. B. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that. As Dr. Evil, Pinky. <laughs> billion. B as in billion. That is enough to really, yep, to ruin you for sure. GDP of most small countries. <laughs> yeah, right? Mm -hmm. We could use a lot of that in our economy today. Yeah. yeah. Um, the frequency of cyber attacks is increasing for small businesses with 10 employees or less. I believe that yep. too. Yeah, because I know a lot, like I service a lot of small businesses like locally and I feel like they, people have this mentality, oh, I'm small, like I don't really have anything people would want to target or, but oh yeah, you do. Like you could be just as big of a target as anybody else. Right? If you have an email address or a phone number, you're a target. Exactly. It's, you don't hear about it because it's not, doesn't fit the narrative. It's, they're not newsworthy attacks. But, um, you know, one of the things, you know, one of our major verticals is manufacturing because even though you've got a place down the street that produces brake pads, let's say, that affects pretty much everything else because now these, this fleet over here can't run. They can't deliver the products to this one because they don't have the products. Then it's just, you know, a huge domino, domino effect. effect. Mm. So. It happens. All the time. Mm-hmm. Business email compromise remains the hacker's weapon of choice. So phishing, without, that would be phishing, right? Yeah, wide nets, yeah. Yep, I believe that. I think that's it. Okay, let's go back to the first one. I want to yeah. hear that one again. The first one? Mm -hmm. Okay. Over half, 53% uh, of businesses suffered at least one cyber attack over the last 12 months. So. Yeah, that they know of. I was going to yeah. say the same thing. <laughs> that they know of. Yeah. A lot of times what they'll do is, is you've got something called a rat, a remote access Trojan. And let's say that somebody clicks on something. Let's say somebody clicks on the unsubscribe button that's got some code buried in b behind it. Check out the last episode about that. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, the, you've got Great that job. buried in there. Now, all of a sudden, it could have a timer built in. It could just be something that... Just what it says to remote access. So they're just waiting for the right time to strike and bang, that's it. Yeah, that goes to another piece too, that just because someone gets access to the system doesn't mean they're automatically turning on the ransomware. That people stay in mm -hmm. six, eight, 12 months. Mm -hmm. They're stealing data. They're selling it on the dark web. Right. And going back to fitting the narrative, you know, these companies who are sort of patrolling the dark web for clues that a company's been hacked, they're not going to catch on most of these smaller businesses. They're going to be like, yep, there's a million people out here saying I have data from some small company, but it's bundled into larger packs that doesn't individually uh, call them out. So they have no idea that there's maybe a million small companies that have data out there. Mm -hmm. They have no idea. Mm -hmm. the, the only thing you ever hear about is the one that says, hey, I just hacked Sony and I have 500,000 emails and account information. Would you like to buy it for you know, $7 billion. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. So yeah. I'd say that's the reporting on that is, is probably way skewed. It uh, is. There's yeah. not, there's not a one, there's not a really, it, there's security frameworks and all kinds of other things. It's just because it's still so new, there's not really a standardized way, a true standardized way to 
have that as reporting because you're not you you do have a lot of companies that are like yeah nothing's wrong here and everything's you know well there look there goes elvis and then you know <laughs> <laughs> look over there you know the they, they take advantage actually of situations where it's like you know the media is so consumed with this over here that they're not even paying attention to anything else well the media doesn't do that <laughs> mm. no <laughs> get their orders from somebody else well that's the other thing too you only know you're breached when there's a sign of a breach, right. whether it's a ransomware I- event or your data shows up somewhere else. Right. And when's a small company going to know that? Mm-hmm. If a company, if, if a hacker can get into a company and constantly collect data from them you know, the, through their customers or whatever and continue to sell it and make money, why would they trigger ransomware? Right. Why would they alert them to their presence at all? Hmm, sounds like somebody just stole my truck. <laughs> um, Dixie Speedway has a matinee. Yes. <laughs> so on, kind of on that, let, touching on that just for a second, there's a lot of new stuff that's out there right now, and a lot of people don't realize, and it's like, you know, oh, if we get hit with ransomware, we'll just pay it, or we'll, we've got backups and everything else. What a lot of people realize is now there's a new objective with a lot of these state-funded um, uh, groups that are out there where they don't care about the money anymore. What they're looking to do is actually destroy commerce. So they'll say, you know what, here you go. And they'll just blast the company out of the water. They'll put all their data out there. And, you know, now you've got a lot of, sh- uh, you know, scratching of the head saying, you know, well, where's, you know, how much is the ransom? It's like there is no ransom. We just don't care. And that, that's what they're trying to do. Think of like a, almost like a modern day 9-11 where they're yeah. trying to Terrorist attack. eliminate mm-hmm. commerce. So by eliminating the commerce, that's crippling the economy more than, you know, like a $5 million ransom or something like that. Because mm-hmm. nowadays it's like, okay, well, pff, here I got that in my shoe for some of these companies to pay that ransom. So it's really not crippling them. When you actually go in there and you just, just completely obliterate that company's data and everything else, one, nobody's going to want to do business anymore. And two, there, there's nothing left to do business with. Oh, that's true. I mean, you take a, just pick a company, you take all of their Salesforce data, for instance, yeah. and you publicize it. Right. You say, here it is for free. I don't want to make the money on it. I don't care. It's out there. Oh, and by the way, I deleted everything in your company. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, my it's dent- going to take you months. Yeah, there's a. Yeah. My dentist got hacked <laughs> recently and they had a similar situation. Like they didn't have to pay a ransom. They caught it like right before, you know, they were able to kind of get a hold of it before it got really bad. But I mean, it goes to show you that I mean these people. I mean, I you will do say get, you can't get hacked. Yeah. Yep. I will say before it got really bad, that may have just been a little drop in the bucket, and they might actually have something just hidden in there. Yeah, yeah you never know. You should burn everything and because start over at that point. Because there's a problem sometimes when the, they don't do their due diligence, and there's a thing, and it's one of my biggest pet peeves. And I'll, I, I've told you know most of you about this this peeve before where you're going to have these companies that are out there and I'm not going to badmouth anybody but it's like um you'll have these companies out there and they say oh yeah we offer cybersecurity services and it's like do you really though yeah you basic know, monitoring you need to is... ask what what are you actually doing that you're providing that do you do penetration testing do you, you know are you you know, going through and actually looking, you know, I said again, you know, what kind of frameworks that you're actually working with. 
Are you doing the ethical hacking? Are you actually going through, are you jiggling handles and stuff like that? Are you going up on the roofs? Or are you just sitting there putting like some baseline antivirus on their network and putting a set it and forget it firewall and just say, all right, here you go, you're protected. Yeah. Or my favorite, they don't even touch the policies. They don't actually there's go no through policies. and set procedures. That there's nothing. There's nothing really in place. They they claim to follow the framework, but they skip right. the entire first section about policies and procedures exactly. and roll right into the oh here's the technology. And I think that's that's, that's what we're just, seeing. We're seeing a reckoning of cybersecurity companies who claim to do everything, and all they care about is selling the box, right. selling the software license, and that's it. And I and you know a, a more impressive statistic for me would to see all of these companies that are getting hacked, that are getting you know hit with cyber attacks and everything else. I want to see a statistic to say of all of those that ha that happened. Was there a cyber response plan in any of those? We should be seeing that more See? with the SEC requirements, I yeah. hope. But I have a feeling we're not. I have a feeling that there's going to come a point where these companies, big ones especially, let's let's say Bank of America, and I'm not picking on Bank of America. Um, I actually know some people who work in the, in the cybersecurity section of Bank of America. B-O-A. If they were to get hit major, major hit, and the SEC says, you have, what is it, 72 hours to tell us about it? Yeah. Or something like that. Yep. What we haven't seen this shit because it's all brand new. What's the requirement? Do they have to explain what they know about how it came in, who was affected, how it was affected, and like you said, did you have a response in place right. and was it followed? And that's that's where those policies and procedures need to come into place. You always have to plan for the absolute worst case scenario. And nobody wants to do and that. Nobody wants to do it. It's something that takes time. And that's scary. There, and the, the, <laughs> the problem is, is, you know, and I'm not picking on, you know, the IT field, but it's like sometimes they just don't have that skill set to even know what to start. To or the time. Or, or the time. Because that's what it is, you know. How many there, IT guys do you know whose hair's on fire? I know. And, and that's what it is, too. It's And, you know, everybody's, oh, my biggest expense for my business is IT. And it's like, it's Welcome the to bulk of your business. This is what happens <laughs> now, you know, if you're, you know. You, even if you're making brake pads. Right. Even you if know. you're making brake pads. I mean, you should care enough, you know, I, I, even with, you know, the marketing aspect, you're, you're spending good money on, you know, these top-notch marketing companies like Teal Marketing and stuff like that. And Big dollars. You, you're, you want the best of that. Why not get the best of a cybersecurity company? Why not actually question what, what they do? Because that's, again, that's what it is. You go and you check a lot of these websites. This is a challenge to the listeners out there. <laughs> go out to your current IT solution. Look at their website. And if it says something about cybersecurity, and we'll get into the other portion of my peeve next. But if it says cybersecurity, actually look at what it's doing. Because if it says, oh, yeah, we're just going to do baseline monitoring or, or whatever that's on there, that's not IT security at all. That, my friends, is IT security, which is a completely different animal. IT security should be done by your IT department. Those are the things that are in place. Cybersecurity is from looking out from the outside. You know, we've gone through and we've given that example of the restaurant example where your IT department are your cooks. They're right. the ones in everything else. They're the ones in the kitchen every day making sure, you know, X, Y, and Z. The cybersecurity portion is the health food inspector they don't care what you're making they don't care how much you're 
cost is. They don't care about your customers or anything else. What they're trying to do is actually become, they, they want to attach themselves in some way to the IT department to make their job actually easier. So there should never be a threat there because you run into these things where it's like you go into these places, especially big manufacturers. It's like, yep, Philip's been here for 20 years and you know he's been you know setting us all you know straight and everything else. And then you've got somebody that just happens to come in, says, yeah, we're doing a security assessment and you are in really bad shape. Complacency will kill you every time. Every time. So... And the inability to, you know, and we hear this all the time too. I know you hear this from IT people. It's not in our budget. Right. It's not in our budget. Well, you then won't have a budget. It if won't you matter. Get, yeah. <laughs> it won't matter soon enough. <laughs> right. You won't get a budget. You don't have to worry about that if, if, if you get hit. I'll tell you another scary thing that I've witnessed recently from some of my clients. Um, and I, I harp on them sometimes. I'm like, you got to change your password. You got to make oh, yeah. sure things are secure. Um, one of my clients, his, um, personal account got hacked and then they weaseled into his professional account and we were down for like two weeks. He couldn't, you know, dealing with Facebook, trying to get your page back Mm -hmm. is like, oh, that's hell in itself. Yes, it is. You (laughs) know, dealing with the devil almost. (laughs) But, uh, accurate. It is. Um, yeah, Facebook is horrible with that kind of stuff. <laughs> well, with a lot of things. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, it was just, it was a really hard thing for him because he also relied on Facebook Marketplace. So like Ooh. if your social media is a huge revenue driver for your business and it gets hacked or something um, goes wrong and it goes down, like you lose a lot, especially if you're down for two weeks. You so know, you're not able to post, you're not able to share like new things that you've got going on. It's it's and horrible. That person had a brick and mortar store. They'd put a yeah. lock on the door, right? Right. Yes. You know, a yeah. big lock, not a not a mm-hmm. paperclip no. lock. Yep. An actual lock. Yeah, and he's a small business too. So that's what I'm saying. Like yeah. either they target you and your business infrastructure, like through your email or something like that, or they go through Weasel your social in. media. <laughs> and I've had several, you know, um, clients get crazy messages into their DMs or oh, their yeah. inboxes that are suspicious to say they're coming from Facebook or Meta or, you know, these it seems legit, but it's not. Um, so yeah, that's a new one. It's, oh, I've it's gotten an uptick in LinkedIn from people who are obviously fake. Yeah. Obviously fake. Have you yeah. seen this? Mm-hmm. Have, you, have, you, have you been getting this on your LinkedIn too? It's, it's, mostly, it's mostly females. And it's, you know. Why are you hating on the females? <laughs> I'm just saying. It's, it's, a, it's a structured attack. Let's put it this way. Oh, my God. So it is obviously pictures of people who are. I've never seen in business. Let's put it that way. At least not the businesses I'm in. Um, <laughs> but they're like, oh, I was recommended to you and I would love to reach out. Give me your phone number. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, who recommended you? And what the heck do you need my phone number for? Mm-hmm. So, because that leads to, as we all know, calls from people who mm-hmm. claim to be from yep. every agency in the world. <laughs> yeah. Among other things, because when they get your phone number, well, then they can steal your phone number and get your multi-factor authentication if you're not doing it right, mm-hmm. which is a whole, that, that's scary all by itself. Yeah. CEOs getting their phones SIM uh, swapped so that they can get to their multi-factor authentication on their text. Mm-hmm. This is a big one. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not important enough people. Uh, apparently someone thinks I'm important to try to steal my phone number. Um, but, you know, if you're not doing your MFA through a, an actual uh, application, if you're right. doing it through text... 
that's become the new hot right fa- failure in MFA. Um, besides golden samples and things like that that are you know pretty mm-hmm. technical, we'll we'll do a we'll do a thing on golden samples someday because that's that's terrifying. <laughs> I thought you um, said golden camels. I'm like oh. yes, those, golden those, camels too. Those yeah, two. <laughs> those two? that's a problem. Too. That's that's the upgraded version. It's a two humper. <laughs> I, I, I like golden samples with a little bit of garlic. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, and no. parsley on top, right? Yeah. No, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, but that is that is a, a new thing that I've just seen a lot of, like just from the social media, like the marketing perspective is just, you know, you got to protect yourself. Don't click on anything that you think you're like, I don't know, this doesn't look legit or, you know, just ask your marketing person to take a look and before you click mm-hmm. on anything. And the new big thing, too, you've probably seen this. Actually, you guys have all seen this QR codes. QR mm-hmm. codes are starting to stream oh, yeah. in through spam messages and through phishing messages. It's like, oh, hey, you know, your uh, uh, your account's past due. You know, scan here to to see the account information. And what's the problem with QR codes? You can't see where they go until you actually scan yep. them. Yep. Um, and there's a couple of tools you can use to do that. I mean, if you use your phone, it will give you the URL. You can do a copy without opening and put it someplace where you can see it. But right. See, that's interesting because I just did an event um, with a surrounding county not too long ago, and we had a lot of people, because we had QR codes to sign up for our little program. Uh-huh. And um, they, like a lot of people were like, I'm not doing that. Like right. they are very like, we had to do it the old school way and have people write down their email addresses. Because and that's when a, a bit, bitly link is yeah, much better. Yeah. Because I mean, they just would not, they would not do it. And I don't blame them. And that's, that's some well-trained people who yeah. won't just scan a QR code. But then it's like, oh, like we're legit. And it's so, it's so much easier for us on the back end as a marketer. Cause it kind of funnels into our MailChimp account and it, you know, we get oh, all absolutely. the information we everything. need. We need we get all the information we need, but it's just it's like, oh gosh, you ruin it for everybody. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? So anyways, it's just a catch twenty two. What's the next one? That's it. So No, there was another I'm gonna ask Julian. Point, go yeah, yeah, I'm gonna ask Julian, what's the scariest thing you can think of for an IT department to if you if you were running an IT department? Hey, man. <laughs> uh, besides personal experience, I think overall, well, actually from personal experience, is ha- having like spaghetti mess. Yeah. When you walk in and you're like, what is this connected to? Where does it all go? Um, <laughs> that's one of the scary that because that's one of the ones I've personally experienced. Yeah. Um, I would say, though, like you walk in one day and everyone's down. No one can access anything. And you're like, what happened overnight? I would say an overnight attack. You weren't expecting, you didn't have anything in place, and you walk in and your whole world's turned upside down. Yeah, my favorite thing when I was IT manager is I'd always walk in and somebody'd say, Internet's down. It's like, oh w- what, what part of the internet? Because it's big and you yeah. know, what exactly is not working? Yeah. Um, but yeah, that, the overnight attacks are one of the biggest things, too. That uh, I also wanted to pose a question. So, like, you guys, you were talking about remote access Trojans, and I've never really heard, like, I'm probably sure there's multiple ways you could find out, but. So say your IT security is there or IT people are doing their due diligence or doing their IT work and their job and everything. But when you're called out, how would you even know of a presence of a remote access Trojan? What kind of software is used? What like because those things are just put in like and say they pay the ransom. Everything goes out, but they still have that one file. How can you tell that rat is there or what is there to burn everything? (laughs) CVEs. Okay, well, 
So you just you have a vulnerability scanner that's going to actually look for those specific things. Oh, okay. And that's why when you're running vulnerability scans, you're, you want the most up-to-date. So before you run any kind of scan like that, make mm -hmm. sure everything's up-to-date, whether it's through Nessus or Greenbone or, you know, fill in the plank. Um, you know, we can go through, we can use stuff like Metasploit and just start picking at it away too. So, But if you've already got one in there, yeah. that it doesn't matter what you do on top of it. It's going to stay. Really? So it's going to look like some legitimate piece. Now, right. personal experience, start with your um, scheduler. The okay. scheduler will always have something in there that continuously checks to make sure that the person still has access. Yeah. So they'll either drop a file, start a program or whatever, and it'll show up in scheduler. Yeah. Now, the trick with that is you have to understand the registry to make sure that scheduler doesn't have hidden tasks. And we've seen a lot of these where they'll dip it down into the scheduler and it'll be a hidden task from the user, even the administrator. So you have to be able to go in and turn on all tasks to be visible first, yeah. then go look at the scheduler. Mm -hmm. That's the number one way. Now there's a thousand right. other ways because they hide things in the startup of Windows and oh. Windows has eight places in the registry that yeah. it, you can put a startup file in or even a startup pointer, yeah, and it doesn't have to start every time. That's the key. It'd be like, start every fifth time. <laughs> yeah, but you get in the registry, you can see everything, because it's basically like poking around the brain. Oh, right. Yeah. But the task scheduler, first place to look. Okay. Mm -hmm. well, there was, so what was one of the other <laughs> bullet points? about the one about the 87 percent of people recognizing that cyber is the biggest threat or something they said something like yeah that, right but nobody's but they, spending the money exactly, on it but that's what i think is like is that also skewed yeah, because they said over 87 percent of businesses across the world see cyber as the number one threat to their financial wealth of course they do mm -hmm. but then also i feel like people you go into some businesses and they're like oh no whatever is fine like some people like maybe are aware but they don't act like what what's the why does that happen like why are well, people not acting on it well, and it says that they view it as more of a threat in an economic downturn and skill shortages. So Makes it's sense. even more of a... Because you think about this when you have more people unemployed, especially technical people, <laughs> who are sitting around their house all day trying to figure out how to make money. <laughs> um, they're going to go to that sort of angle yeah. and hit the, especially the bigger companies who still have money in their or business. they're going to try to sue somebody because all those lawyer ads are on oh gosh. the day, you know? <laughs> so <laughs> glad like I have a job in the daytime. G.G. Yeah. Wentworth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I actually went to Naval Firefighting School. <laughs> so it's either that or hack somebody. <laughs> That's, yeah. What, what are my options? Let's see. Uh, carjacking? No. Um, no. <laughs> run down the list yep. yeah but we we talk to companies all the time and the answer is well we have a plan in place oh really have you tested that plan oh we, we we're confident and then we'll hear about that company getting hacked mm -hmm. and it turns out maybe they didn't have a plan in place we've actually had to fire companies uh that we work with and say look if you're not going to update your stuff i'm no longer connecting into your system right I mean, even I know that. You've got to update your <laughs> phone and all that right. to stay secure. Because when it comes to that, if you think that it's expensive, the proactive cost is a lot less than a reactive cost. Oh, yeah. 
Even the smallest companies we've dealt with with ransomware, mm-hmm. I mean, you're looking at three quarters of a million dollars for the smallest company. Right. Now, what's really interesting is we had a case. This happened three years ago. Can't say the name of the company. But they got off only paying $35,000. And I'm like, well, that's odd. Why would you only have to pay $35,000 in a utilities industry? Right. So turns out, after we had gone in and tried to get them to let us in, do a full markup, sit and watch the inbound, outbound traffic for a month through their firewalls, track all the data coming and going, they said, we don't want to pay for that. We We don't want to do it. I said, well, at least get the FBI in here because you actually have active communication and connections going places they shouldn't be going. And they're like, you're you're crazy. You're absolutely crazy. Please mm-hmm. leave. Okay, literally asked us to leave. Bye, Felicia. Three months later, they got tattooed, like literally hit hard mm-hmm. with not just a $35,000. Somewhere in the millions, we're not very sure. They right. were not required to disclose. And they almost went completely out of business as a utility company. Because their IT manager and even the ownership was like, I don't believe you. I don't trust you because mm-hmm. I think you just want money. And I think that's what we always run into is you're just somebody else trying to sell me snake oil. You're trying to sell me a box. You're trying to sell me a, a subscription license that you're going to come back for every month, every year, every three years, and just keep you know making us pay uh, to the point where we've basically said, look, I'll come in in one year. I'll do all your policy updates. I'll make sure your, your hardware, your technology is up to speed. I'll train your IT staff. I'll train all of your people on how huh? to recognize cybersecurity threats. At the end of one year, I'll go away. Mm-hmm. If you want me to come back and do pen testing for you every three months, six months, one year, whatever, we'll be happy to do that. Yep. I'm not trying to take anybody's job. If you want us to monitor for you, we'll do that too. Right. But it's not required. And we can't get people to even spend the money to do that. Right. So there's such a lack of trust um, out there that people are willing to go bring people like CrowdStrike in for not cheap at all. No, not at all. Just to have this checkbox mentality of, well, cybersecurity's done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And right. I don't know if you guys know it or not, but if you don't put the full CrowdStrike functionality in where they're constantly monitoring inbound, outbound traffic and everything's on the local side, they still have limitations of what they're willing of to do. Of course you can. And the first thing they do, force you to update your policies. Yeah. <laughs> There's bullets that'll go through bulletproof vests. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Do you also think some of that comes from like ego of like a like an IT staff person? Yes. And being scared of like, well, if this guy comes in, even if you're saying even if you're saying no, we're not taking your job or what I'm looking for that, somewhere in the back of their mind they're thinking this guy knows a lot more than me. Oh yeah. And that's so things that's that we hear sometimes. It's like if somebody if you Say, hey, you know, we're, we can, you know, let's at least start with a baseline security assessment and everything else. If your IT people are start squirming around and start sweating and stuff, <laughs> then that's when you should say, yes, please come do that. Yeah. Because you know that they're not doing their due diligence yeah. with the IT security portion of it either. Yeah. Right. I blame salespeople, though. And, <laughs> and no, really, I, I do, because a salesperson will walk into an organization with whatever product or box they have, and they say, this is all you need. Trust me. Sign here. Right. And they never see that salesperson again when it doesn't work. Right. And then it's the engineer that gets... Every time. Yep. I feel like every business has that kind of, like, factor. 
you know, with like marketing, you know, I've had to come in sometimes and I'm like, your website is so messed up. (laughs) 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 And they're like, well, we don't want to, we're like unsure, you know, like the other guy that we worked with totally did a number on us. How do we know you're not going to? And I'm like, trust me. But it really comes down to educating them about the back end of the website, what I'm going to fix, like being transparent mm-hmm. and building that trust. You have to just be patient with them and kind of just get your foot in the door and do that and just say, hey, I'm not a big bad guy. I'm just trying to help, you know. But I mean, that's one of the things, you know, during an initial assessment is we look at your website first. Yes. It's like you go down the street. I'm not going to say any names, but like <laughs> there's a place in Woodstock that get ready to go into Marietta, but there's you go down the street and it's like if the front yard looks like crap, if the appearance of that house looks like crap, you can bet if you go inside, it's like having a TNC come in there with a hoarder show or something like that. <laughs> so, I mean, it's probably, and, and that's what it is. I mean, and it's. It's, it's basic things that people can just look. You don't even have to be a security professional or any of that stuff. Go down to the bottom of a page. If it says copyright 2015, guess uh, what? Uh, <laughs> so bad. If they don't care about their website, they're certainly not going to care about your data. They're not going to yeah. care about their stuff. And yes, when you get into big companies and that kind of stuff, you start looking at like high trust and SOC 2 certifications and all that kind of stuff like that. And that's all good and fine with the big companies because those are the certifications say we actually care about our data and your data as well type things. But um, that's another show for another time. (laughs) But that's the first one of the first things we do is we go and we look at the websites and stuff. So, I mean, you know. That's part of my pen testing is, you know, here's your website information. Oh, here's all the information that your uh, ownership and leadership has on social media. Right. I mean, because that's a, I I can't tell you how many times I've sat across the desk from someone about their, their uh, open source intelligence information, OSINT, and said, you've basically given away your life story for Mm -hmm. free on the internet. Right. Um, not to mention you have so many videos and audio clips of you out there that I could create a deep fake of you in about 15 minutes. Oh, of course. So it's education is... Why do you have 17 ports open? <laughs> <laughs> Why is and there no one ha- at the front desk when somebody walks in your door? Right, and then half of those are not unsecure ports. Why are you still using port 25? Oh, my gosh. Or time. Or time. Old time, not, yeah, not Telnet. Yeah, <laughs> NTP, time. even Telnet now. So There's still Echo and Hello out there. You know that, right? There is Echo and Hello. <laughs> We've seen it recently. Mm. <laughs> so what else is scary? Who else has got anything scary? Scary. I mean, the whole thing about how we're kind of seeing, I, I don't really know the whole information, but the whole thing happening over in Israel, I mean, a lot of that stuff is, I mean, they've said there's, you know, CGI as far as this didn't really happen today, you know, and like it just shows. Wouldn't shock me. How it's all happened. I mean, in warfare, that's the biggest thing that's going to come to it. It's like, what do we believe? What do we not believe? You know? It's hard to tell. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you this. I heard somebody say this once and I kind of laughed it off at first, but after, after 2020, everything to me is like open, but everything you see on television has been scripted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is what someone once told me. Yep. And... The more we go in this, the more I'm like, yes, 100%. Yeah. Because 
they're only going to broadcast what they want mm-hmm. people to see. Yeah. Whether it be you, me, the enemy, yeah. whatever it is. So I hate to say it. I don't believe anything I see on television. Yeah. It's hard to. It's Nothing. Hard to. Yeah. After watching the deep fake in DEFCON where they had the president declaring war on China and Russia <laughs> and Homeland Security nearly losing their mind, I don't believe anything I see on TV anymore. <laughs> exactly. I mean, <laughs> if you really think about if you really, and some of the, you know, Gen X type people, even some of the newer millennial type things, but I don't know why it's gaining so much traction right now because this stuff over there has been going on for hundreds of years. Yeah. Why now? Why? That's a very interesting I mean, point, too, because I. It, it's always, there's always yeah, this bickering back peaceful, and forth and yeah. throwing rocks and missiles and this, that, well, and the other. It's more like, than why throw now? rocks, though. They're mm. killing children. Yeah. They've always been killing children. Well, they've always been killing sounds. children, and there's certain groups. Unnamed groups unnamed in the United yeah. States that are supporting one side of all of this. Yeah. I'm trying to be as correct as I can here, but <laughs> read in between the lines. There's some groups that are here in the United States that are defending the one side. And it's like, you do understand if you were over there, you wouldn't oh, be yeah. over there. <laughs> oh my gosh. Exactly. Well, yeah, you'd be, f- dead. you'd be dead. <laughs> you'd be dead. You'd be dead. Unalived. I guess is the new, the new thing. Casters up. Yeah. <laughs> But yes, that's so from an old person to a young person. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll give you an example. They were like, oh, carriers moved into the Mediterranean. Guess what? There's, There's always, always carriers. There's in the always a battle group that's mm-hmm. in all the seas. It's yeah. called a med cruise. There's always a battle group med cruising through the Mediterranean to basically stop in and get yeah. the sailors drunk at every port, right? Mm-hmm. That's the reason for it. <laughs> Not in the pack cruise. <laughs> <laughs> we take it very seriously in the Pacific. <laughs> What what about the uh, West Packs? What's the one that What's the one that goes to South America where they do the turtle um, and they cross the equator? Oh, shellbacks. Shellbacks. Yeah, I'm a shellback. I am a blue nose and <laughs> realm of the dragon, golden dragon. All those. I've got all those certificates. Be careful what you look up on YouTube, there, guys. Uh, that some of that's probably not <laughs> not going to come yeah, across not properly. Age appropriate yeah. type of thing. Oh God. Uh, but the, yeah, but the point is, it's you know. I no. sat on ice, bare-assed, <laughs> up in the Arctic. I'm completely fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's part of the requirements for the new guys. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, but just just remember everything you hear when it's like, this has never happened before. That's a lie. Mm. That, that's a 100% lie. Mm-hmm. I, I remember weekly in the 80s, it was like, well, you know, there are uh, problems going on in Gaza again, this, that, and the other, always this well, and that. Of course, yeah. People forget that Israel invaded Lebanon about 15 years ago mm-hmm. and failed miserably. Right. And everybody's like, well, this is it. This is the beginning of World War III. And I'm like, but they also tried to wipe them out in the 60s, 70s, 80s, yeah. 90s, 2000s, mm-hmm. and now. So none of this is new. It's, yeah. it's fitting the current narrative that they're looking for it's something that's new to somebody else it's fear well, it's well, just fear well, yeah. and i can't help but think that this is a crescendo into the election year next year surprise where everything happens, hits the fan what in those happens years. every four years yeah fear so we get into yeah. some kind of war <laughs> some kind of major <laughs> event so this is saber this rattling is, this is that well and i think that's so prevalent too especially like 
a lot of people my age and even like older than me, it's everything that's current. They don't think about anything that's happened in the past, anything. They all think, oh my gosh, this is what's happening today. And I like to call them headline hunters. <laughs> all yeah. they do I like that. is see the very front of the article. Don't read any, they don't even read the introduction. And they're just like, look what's happening. They post it on their social media. Stand with this person. Stand. Like, it's like, just do some due diligence and do yourself a favor and learn. Just like IT, learn about your stuff. Don't, don't just go in there blind and just, that's it. What do I always tell you? If somebody starts to come, I, I said, I don't care what side that you're on. I will always have a logical conversation with you. Mm-hmm. And what's the one of the first things I, t- I say that you want to talk about? It's foreign policy. And you say that <laughs> to somebody and they're like, I don't know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, then you're not going to be able to have a logical conversation well, even with anybody. More concerning is like, I mean, sorry, Julian, but like some of the younger people that I meet, <laughs> there's like a lack of curiosity and asking why and wanting to learn the why behind things. The face value is like, oh, that's and everything. Yeah, it's like whatever you tell me, I believe. And that that's very dangerous mentality to have. History so. of Lying is a it great is. movie to watch. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's very, very disturbing. So I've got one for you. Mm-hmm. So everybody talks about AI and how frightening AI is. <laughs> but there's a real threat, supposedly, um, ever since Starlink lost those satellites last year, mm-hmm. yeah. um, that I don't know if you've noticed this or not, but I've noticed it recently. Has your GPS been just a little bit off? Yep. <laughs> mm-hmm. w- what happens if we lose GPS? Oh my gosh! Oh, we got to bring out the Rand McNallys. Yes. You got to do. You got to go back maps. to break out the compass maps. and the maps. <laughs> yeah, Google Maps. So like foreign to me, like using a map. My my grandpa used to be like, oh yeah. Your grandma used to be in the passenger seat. She'd have a big old map. I'm like, how do you even read? Like, I've seen those things. They are tiny. It's like that's uh, Aramaic, tiny, like and you have to learn Aramaic <laughs> first. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just like, I mean, think about that one thing that makes our life so easy. Oh yeah, away. just that's just one. Aspect. Just one. Yeah. So you you know the topo maps where it actually shows elevation and things yeah, like yeah. that too. Yeah. So you know, I would say for for most of the people out there, um, learn how to get directions without GPS. Yeah. <laughs> Whether it be which direction you're looking yeah. right now or, you know, how to get from point A to point B. Because mm-hmm. um, too many people rely on GPS. And that's, believe it or not, it's one of the most fragile pieces of things we have out there. And triangulation of cell signals mm-hmm. doesn't work. No. <laughs> doesn't work at all. 5G doesn't work either. 5G is a no. microwave that's it frying is. your brain. It is. <laughs> I'm convinced. Yeah. It doesn't work. It's at the 40 gigahertz range. That's pure on microwave. <laughs> Dude, the radiation that they emit, too. Oh, I'm telling you. iPhones is, like, ridiculous. Anyway, that's another That's, that's a, another podcast. That's a whole conversation. <laughs> that's a whole other con- <laughs> yeah, Fear your 5G. Fear. Um, but what fear happens... Fear your iPhone. Fear your iPhone. <laughs> what happens if we lose the internet? And I mean, like... Chaos. World chaos. So I start cooking. <laughs> <laughs> I start like celebrating because. <laughs> but imagine though, if we lost now. Now, the the main reason the internet's most important is because of the SWIFT system. So the SWIFT system is how money is transferred by the banks internationally. Now, mm. it's not done like it used to be. It used to be like a wire transfer type thing, and it was paper based. Now it runs on the SWIFT network, and it's encrypted and all this other fancy stuff. But up to $5 trillion changes hands every day across the SWIFT network. Right. Oh, balls. What happens 
if a terrorist organization is smart enough to lock up the SWIFT network and put a ransom on it. That would be a hefty payday. Bartering (laughs) system. Who says it's never been done? Has it? I don't know. Would we ever know? They probably wouldn't tell us. (laughs) You would pull your money out of the bank so fast. (laughs) One million dollars. One million dollars. I tell you, like going along those same lines, I mean, what would happen if we had an EMP attack? Yeah. Oh, let's let's go I've down that. I read that book one Ooh. second after. Let's go. Let's go down that one section at a time. Yeah. How much time? I know you like that. I know you like that. I have a morbid curiosity for disaster recovery because um, there comes a point when you just look at the people and go, go home and hug your children. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry about work anymore. Right. But so let's say the Internet goes out and it wouldn't take much. You, it would be surprised how easy it would be to take out the internet in America and any other country really for that matter because you only have really four five major interconnection hubs yeah that can, you could take out major and it would, backbones yeah and you would take out you would localize the internet but you would really you wouldn't be getting office 365 nope. you're not getting to <laughs> salesforce you're not doing any of this stuff how long would it take society to fall apart without the internet so quickly so, of course. Oh, oh like, yeah. Global uh, global commerce would stop. Yeah. Yes. Um, you wouldn't be able to get to your yeah. banks. You mm-hmm. wouldn't You wouldn't be able to run your credit card. The, fir- the first company that would go would be Walmart. Hmm. I couldn't pay in pennies and rolls of pennies. <laughs> well, let's talk about that. Like, you know how like, the, if you guys have watched The Walking Dead, they, like, rebuild societies? I don't think that's happening with us. Read, I, I read don't think we're even that. Yeah. No, seriously, read the book one second after. Yeah. It's, like, required reading. It should military. be required reading. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. I, it'll give you, like, it's like a manual as, to, like, if we were to get hit by an EMP, yeah. like, it's deeper, what would though. happen. But it's it's a serious read. Like, it's not a happy read. Yeah. But oh, it's, it's not. A, it's an intriguing read. Like, yeah. you, you think about things that you don't really think about. Like, say, for instance... You think about most people get prescription medications for yeah. 30, 60, 90 days out. You know, people are mentally yeah. need those medications yeah. for serious issues. So the, when the EMP happens, you start that time clock. The crazies are going to start yeah. to come out 30, 60, oh, 90 days. Oh, no, the freaks come out. <laughs> it, it's like you don't think about that, though. Like, I thought that was kind of enlightening when I was reading that book. I was like, oh, wow, I never thought about oh, that yeah. piece yeah. of it. Well, and here's but, the thing. It doesn't even have to be an EMP. Our system is pretty fragile as it is when it comes to power. I mean, yeah. the sun could knock us back to the Stone Age. And that has happened. That it happened, happened back in the 20s. It happened 20s. in the 20s. Yeah, it knocked 20s. out It knocked out um, the entire power grid of Canada in 89. I thought it knocked out from the, the one from U.S. to London or, like, you know, to Europe. It was some, like, major, like, grid that it knocked oh out. Oh, yeah, that, maybe I'm just that was the that 20s. That was the, and then you have the really big one in 1859. That was the Carrington event, and the only thing that the, Carring- yes. the only thing it affected, because there was the only thing that was on at the time, was the um, what do you call it? The um, not teletype, Morse code. Morse, Morse code. code yeah. 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 Telegraph we lines. We oh, weren't yeah. as advanced, so it didn't make <laughs> that big of an impact. It made the telegraph lines catch fire. The telegraph lines would run without power. It would shock their operators. Now look around at all the electronics we have here today. Oh my! <laughs> <laughs> that would be a bad day. <laughs> And I don't. And one second after, the only thing I didn't like about that is car um, alternators still worked. I don't yeah, think that would I don't be the know case. That, that would be the either. That would not be the <laughs> case. 
So how far could we go without the internet? And then the next question, how long would it take society to collapse without electricity? Two seconds. (laughs) What's the first thing you do when the power goes out at your house? You check the switch again. (laughs) (laughs) Denial. Okay. Denial is the first step. I like that. (laughs) Fill your tub. Fill every tub that you have. Fill all the sinks that you have with water. Cold water. Cold water. If you use the hot water, so you've got a 40, 60, 80 gallon tank in most cases of water in the hot water. Don't touch that. Save that in case you absolutely have to have it. But turn on the cold water. Fill up everything you have while you still have the pressure in the lines. Because yeah. eventually that pressure is going to go away. Even if you're running a, um, the tank systems, because the, yes. they're based on That's gravity. All gravity and But there's uh, only so much in there. And everything else. And at some point, even that's going to run out. At least you'll have water. Because there's nothing to pump. FEMA tells people to have 14 days worth of stuff to survive. Just 14 days? Just 14 days. Do you know why? They assume they'll be able to get something in place for you from the government or the state or the National Guard in 14 days. (laughs) That's That's great if it's localized. Lots of ammo. It took them two years and... One second after. So here's the real kicker. I was working on an article about this, a blog, and I reached out to the county and the state, and I said, what's the emergency response plan if we lose water, power? I got zero response Are you from serious? anyone. And no. I know the person who runs the emergency piece in Cherokee County. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have to walk into her office and go, you're dodging me, and I want to know why. Because I don't think don't anybody has a plan. They don't. No. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, that's wonderful. That's good. Look at this dancing monkey. Nobody, nobody think about that. Sorry. Sorry. I, I wouldn't go along with the narrative there. My bad. See, that's what I'm saying. 14 days is not enough. 14 days is not enough. You need to have way more than that. It like goes back. With, yeah. With Sorry. food, um, emergency, yeah. food and water, everything. Like Get your Costco gotta, cards. Get your Costco cards. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Stock up now. Stock up now. <laughs> I was going to say is that goes back to it was a couple of years ago when the Department of Homeland Security made that that uh, press release saying essentially they ha- barely have enough funds to protect themselves to protect the government. Yes, there's nothing to protect the the, the, the public sector or the well, private sector. You know, the government so, could protect our grid if they wanted to from an EMP, but they don't want to spend the money to do it. They finally said that they're going to. When? Rebuild it by 2035. Oh, oh. wow. That's yeah. lovely. Okay. I'm yep. sure we'll Hang in there, folks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's lovely. But, that's great. But don't worry. It's not the end of the world. Don't worry. Yet. <laughs> that's not a trumpet you hear in the sky. Don't worry about it. It's not a big deal. <laughs> I need to go back and read my Bible again. <laughs> <laughs> don't read Revelations. It's very confusing. It's so terrifying. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. I want to be gone before all of it happens. Yeah. I've read those Left Behind books. I don't want to be around. I, I don't want to get... Don't, don't don't talk about those. Those are, those are so goofy. <gasps> goofy? Yes. Left Behind is completely goofy. We might have to edit this out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I cried, like, through one of them. I, think I it was know. Like is that the one with Will Smith? Eight or nine. With what? Will Smith and the dog. No. Oh, no, oh, no, that was Owen Legend. Yeah. That was another zombie movie. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that was a zombie <coughs> movie. Yeah, but he's the last yeah. one on Earth. Left, no, left behind, the premise was that um, Jesus calls yeah, Jesus calls his people home, and the only people left are the oh. sinners, and they're here for seven years until the end of time. Oh. And you 
and a lot of shenanigans happening. Mm-hmm. In the that. only the only problem I had with that book series, I thought it was a great read. I thought it was very entertaining, but about book five, they were justifying killing people. And that part, I'm like, okay, that's not, doesn't matter where you are, that's not okay. And they didn't bother condemning. It's like, nope, they're dead already. I'm like, okay, thanks, Jenkins. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I, I kind of agree with you on that. But it was a good but read. I will say it was. It's scary. It was, it's yeah. It's scary. But I mean, it does it's, scare you. Yeah, I know. I, I have and my own thoughts on cry. it. <laughs> I definitely cry. <laughs> It was a, I can't remember what book it was. It was like book eight. I mean, literally, because I read these when I was like a teenager. There was 12 of them, right? And, um, yeah. yeah. And my, I was like, the whole time, I was crying. And my mom was like, what the heck is wrong with you? you and I'm reading? like, I'm just like trying to get through this book. Are you going emo? Just <laughs> tell me. <laughs> well, I think I did have blue nails at that time. She might have definitely thought that. <laughs> She's like, what the heck? You know, that back then you colored your hair with Kool-Aid, so... Oh, that's true. Oh. Yeah, you know, because they wouldn't let you... Yeah. Are you reading that Marilyn Manson again? Oh, no. <laughs> it was a Christian book. It's <laughs> <was> like, no. <laughs> Just trying to express myself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I'm <laughs> terrified. <laughs> <laughs> Mission accomplished, guys. <laughs> <laughs> it's all scary. Oh, <sighs> Go home and prep. I think I think we've devolved completely here. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. Point where we need another drink mm-hmm. because we're so scared. Yeah. Drinks up. <laughs> And with that, that's all we have this week in this scary, scary episode. Tune in this week and every week for Brews and Cyber News. Thanks for falling off the wagon with us. Until then, I'm Ron Swetland with Anna Teal, Sean Stewart, and Julian Cherokee. Having a brew with you. <laughs>